Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. You guys got problems, I like it. Man, thanks for being house today. It's great having you here. Uh, man, I'm excited for what's uh, happening in our country today um, in the world of church planting. Uh, if you don't know our story, we launched uh, just over two and a half years ago, or just under two and a half years ago. And uh, we uh, are partnered with a group called the ARC Association of Related Churches. And uh, we are church plant 709. Uh, we launched this church. And uh, today the ARC is planting their 900th church here in the United States. So give it up for what God's doing. Absolutely crazy. And think about that. It's 191 churches planted in the last uh, little less than two and a half years. And uh, I'm just telling you, man, God is up to something big. And when you give here, when you're part of what we're doing, it's just not happening here in Kansas City. It's happening around really the world. And so it's incredible. I believe new churches reach new people. And uh, man, when for the ark, we wouldn't have this church. Uh, there's spiritual dads to, to me and Diane. There's people in there that are brothers and sons. And I'm telling you, man, they have a life-giving, life-giving culture. And uh, there's so much we owe to them. And we're just honored to stand on their shoulders. But I'm telling you, man, God has really uh, just put a, a thing in the United States where if you have a heart to plant a life-giving church, man, these are the people you need to partner with. And so I want to encourage you, man, if you've ever had a dream to do something like that, if God stirred you, uh, God's put something in your heart to say, man, I've, I can see myself being a church planter. I can see myself doing that. Man, this is the group to be with. Amen. And so I'm telling you, they just do an incredible job launching churches uh, and just seeing lives change. There's millions of dollars are given to missions every year through the churches that just launched these last few years. I'm talking tens of thousands of people that have come to Christ. And so, man, we're in the middle of revival, amen? God's doing something. Sometimes you think like, oh, Christianity is on the outs. No, no, Christianity is on the in. Uh, there's so many young people, so many people just launching churches. So I would encourage you, man, uh, if you have a church planting heart, if you're not sure you do, but you think you might, uh, man, come talk to me. We'd love to connect to you, uh, help you uh, introduce you to some relationships and uh, resource you and just I mean, spend more time with you and see if we can get you on a path maybe to plant a church in the next five to five years, three to five years and just get you connected. But I, mean, I believe God has put that on my heart. I would not launch, launch this church if it wasn't for the ark. And so absolutely incredible. 900 churches. I bet we're going to have a thousand here in the next year or so. What do you think? Amen. It's going to be amazing. So I'll give it up for the ark one more time, what God's doing. Absolutely incredible. 900. I um, mean, I thought 709 was crazy. I can't believe there are 900 already. So absolutely amazing. And you guys ready to hear from God's word this morning? You guys excited? I'm feeling a little bit. This front row is really excited. I think it's Drew's bringing all the energy. He's flirting with me too. He whistled at me a little bit ago, but I love it. Uh, man, but I hope you guys, uh, I'll leave here today with some relationship goals. You know, we have goals around our finances. Uh, most of us have goals around our fitness. Uh, some of us uh, are meeting those goals looking skinny this morning or lost weight, as Barry said. You, yeah. <laughs> you look like you lost some weight. You were fat last week, but you're skinny this week. <laughs> I love you, Barry. I wrote that line for him, too, so I get to make fun of him. That's good. Um, but anyway, maybe we have goals around everything. Some of you guys even have spiritual goals. But do you have relationship goals uh, for your marriage, uh, for people you're around? Do you have a goal for what that's going to look like? And if you go on social media, you'll see the hashtag relationship goals. And so I had to pick, pull some pictures this week uh, that, that I thought were kind of funny. We threw some last week. But sometimes, you know, you look at relationship goals and you'll see stuff like this. So, so this guy, if you're ever in the plank position, you're working out and you're dressed clothes and your wife or your girlfriend just sneaks on you. This is what it's going to end up looking like, okay? I don't know, who's ever taken this picture before? Anybody taken this picture before? Todd, you would. <laughs> You would. <laughs> you, that's actually Todd. And, and, yeah, I like that. That's a relationship goal right there. I'm working out, and she just man's right there. All right, next one. This one's awesome. All right, this is, this is what I call my final destination moment right here. This relationship goal. Man, if Diane were to get on the handlebars, I'm riding the bike. It's just not going to end out well. Like, I'm, I'm like all speed, all crazy. I love down my. This is, now, you, obviously, they're not moving, right? 
Um, but this, this might be staged. What do you guys think? It might be staged a little bit. I don't know. I might have edited it a little bit. Uh, but this is relationship goals. And so uh, today, maybe uh, you need a goal. I don't know if you have a goal for your marriage, but I hope whatever goal you have, man, is very significant. I hope it's a meaningful goal because who knows? We don't need a normal goal for our relationships. Who knows? Normal means broke. Normal means some friction. I mean, no one means some fights. No one means hurts. No one means insecurity. It means pain. Uh, it, it means separation. Uh, we don't need normal goals. We need God-side goals today. We need some goals that are going to honor God. And so this whole series is about talking about goals in our relationships. Uh, last week, we started out talking about this. We have a Christ-centered goal. Our relationship is not going to be built on anything but Jesus himself. Uh, there's a big difference between calling yourself a Christian and being Christ-centered. Amen? Uh, it's one thing to put the label. It's another thing to be the substance. And so last week we talked about that. Today we're talking about what it is to be mission-driven. And next week I'm excited about talking about devil-kicking. Uh, your enemy is not your spouse. Amen? So if you're like, yeah, <laughs> Christy's making up for Barry. All right. Amen. We're not going to talk about weight loss anymore. It's apparently a contentious thing. Um, but yeah, your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is Satan himself. We're going to fight the enemy together. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a promised meeting. We're going to make some promises to each other. You guys made these on the altar. And we're going to keep these promises, and we're going to build this relationship. Talk about what it looks like to be covenant keeping. Can I get you guys help this morning to say these with me? You guys ready? Yeah. Come on, let's do it. Okay, we're going to be what? Christ. Yeah. We're going to be mission. Yeah. We're going to be devil. Yeah. <clears throat> Promise. Yeah. I mean, you guys are doing good. Doing good. Covenant. I forgot my last one. That's how it works for me. We're going to do one more time like with me, and this time I'm going to try to do better. You guys ready? I'm going to be Christ-centered. We're going to be devil. Dang, I messed it up. Ah, this is what happens when you get old like me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure I get here. All right, we're going to be Christ-centered. Come on, somebody. Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking, promise-meeting, covenant-keeping relationships. Man, we got there. Come on, give yourself a hand. Give me a hand. I need some help. So, yeah, these are the goals that I think we should have in a relationship. And, uh, and today we're diving in what it looks like to be mission-driven. And uh, I'm just going to give you guys a little warning this morning. Last week was like an easy week. Uh, we, we said, man, pray together for 30 seconds with your spouse every single day. We, that's pretty easy. We even gave you the prayer. Come on, somebody. Uh, we couldn't get any easier than that. But this week it's going to be a lot tougher. Uh, to give you a little warning. It's going to take a little work to be a little mission-driven. You guys ready to do some work? Man, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. A few guys are ready. I like that. We're going to get you guys ready to do this. It can take a little effort this week, uh, some extra effort to make this relationship mission-driven. Uh, when I love doing premarital counseling uh, with young people, especially um, uh, when they get married, they're, they're in love. You know, show up and they're cuddling. You can tell they're staring at each other. They've got the googly eyes. You know what I'm talking about. They're, they're like making out like through their eyes. They're just staring at each other and, and their heart's in the air. And, you know, they're, they're just, there's, no, there's no wrong. You know, I always say you can't stop love. And one of my favorite things to do when, when you first meet with somebody is to ask them, why are you getting married? And they usually look at each other and they're smiling. And, and then I usually tell them, man, I just don't know if you guys are ready to get married. I kind of interrupt their thought. All of a sudden, the blood drains out of their face. You know, it's all, they're all white. Like, dude, I can't believe Sean's talking to us like this. Like, we picked the wrong person for premarital counseling, you know. And so I challenge them, what, what is it? I get a little conflict. Why are you getting married? And somebody will be a spokesperson. You know what I'm talking about. The, somebody will speak up. They look at each other like, you go. You talk to this guy. And finally, somebody will say, well, we're just in love. Uh, man, we want to be happy. We want to see, spend the rest of our lives together. This person completes me. And they kind of give that same answer all the time. And today I want to encourage you as a church, uh, the same thing I encourage them with, uh, that the foundation of your relationship is not happiness. It's not happiness. It's unity. Uh, who knows happiness can come and go? I mean, I can be, I, in five minutes, I can be one way or the other. You know, happiness isn't, can, is, is not the foundation. It's the foundation is unity. Uh, happiness is a byproduct of being unified. Uh, we're attached to something bigger than ourselves, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And so he's the foundation of our relationship. It's found in Genesis chapter 1. It says this, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Man, go do your own thing. You go do you. Is that what it says? 
man, when you're happy, then I'm happy. You know, be, just fulfill yourself. Like just be, be, whatever joy you can find in life, just take that, but don't serve other people. No, God says this. He, he says, he says, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Now, I think it's funny. The very first thing that God gave Ab and Eve, when he put them together as a couple, the very first thing he gave them was a mission. Somebody say mission. He gave them a mission. Here is your mission. He didn't put them together so they could do their own thing, so they could coexist under the same roof. He gave them a mission. He said, subdue the earth. He said, fill the earth, replenish it. Somebody say, amen, amen. And he said, here's your mission. Go do this. And the very last thing that Jesus said, ironically, was a mission to us. He said, go all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Go make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God has given us a mission, so you choose to accept it. Here's what God has called us to do. We don't live on the same roof. No, we're on a mission together. We're mission-driven. So why do you get married? And I think this is really what God wants for us, is that when you get married to somebody, because you can serve God better together than apart. Amen? God puts you together to complete you on a mission that he wants you to live out together. And today we're going to talk about what that mission can look like. Matter of fact, it says in Genesis 2, 24, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are what? What's it say? The two are united into one. Man, it's, it's, it's your vision and it's your vision, and now all of a sudden you're one. You have one vision together. Man, do you agree together? Man, what do you, what's your destination? What's your direction? Are you pulling the weight the same direction? Or are you guys going different directions in your marriage relationship? God wants to unite you. I believe God wants you to be united. If you're married today, I'll tell you what, Satan wants to do everything he can to destroy you. If you're married today, God, Satan wants to de destroy your relationship. If it matters to God, I'm telling you, Satan hates it, amen? Satan is out to get your marriage. He wants to divide it. Matter of fact, look at Adam and Eve, very first couple in the Bible. Man, they had, they had it perfect. Man, in the garden, it was paradise. They had any fruit they wanted to eat. They were naked and ashamed. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is, yeah. <laughs> I like that. But they, they, man, there was no shame. There was no sin. There was, there was no death. I mean, they'd have, uh, there's the word I, me, myself. Uh, these words didn't exist. They had a perfect harmony with God. I mean, this is what God intended. And guess what shows up? The serpent. I mean, Satan shows up. And the very first thing Satan wants to do is disrupt your relationship with God. He wants to take that right out of the equation. He wants to disrupt your relationship with other people. He wants to destroy the unity that God created. The serpent comes in, and the first thing he does is separate Ab and Eve. He, he calls Eve over to the side and begins to question what God said and places these doubts. Said, God really say you shouldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Do you really say that? Because what you don't have is what you need to be happy. Like what you don't have is you need to be filled. Man, God's just holding back on you. There's something that you need to have here. And so she was enticed by this and saw the fruit. And of course, she ate the fruit. And then she handed it to, to Adam, who is standing by and says, oh, here, eat the fruit. And all of a sudden, sin enters the world and they're divided. I want you to see what this looks like. The very first thing that happens is they, they notice that they're naked and they're ashamed. This word I enters the equation. This word I comes into play. Myself and me, all of a sudden, there's, there's self-awareness. They know who they are and they realize that they're, they're not perfect. They live in shame. And they've sinned against God and they run from God. And I love it, this, that God pursued them, that God ran after them. God asked them where they were. I love that God is the, the constant and we are the variable. Amen. That, that God is pursuing us and that we left him. And so God wants a relationship with us. And so I love this. And he asked Adam, and Adam, what happened? What, who told you you're naked? And this was the first thing that Adam does because sin is the world. He blames the woman. It was the woman you gave me, God. So he blames Eve, and then he blames God for giving her the woman. And God's like, okay, sure. And then he goes to Eve and says, uh, uh, who, who are you going to blame? He says, well, I blame the serpent. And he looks at the serpent, who are you going to blame? And the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. Come on, somebody. I've been waiting since Bible college to use that joke. Come on, dad joke. Come on, help me out here. I'm just trying to tell you what God unified, Satan divided. 
What God unified, Satan divided. Man, think of this verse. Uh, it's a great question. It's in Amos 3.3. 3. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people, can people walk together and not even agreeing where they're going to go? Man, I challenge you guys to disagree about where your car is today as you leave and see if you can get there together. Just walk different directions out of this room. It's amazing. Can we agree together where God's called us in a relationship? Can we agree to say this is where the divine flow that God's put in our life? There's more to this. If you were to, if you were to take your life and scratch off everything that was just white noise, like this didn't matter to God, then this didn't matter to God, and this isn't important to us, and scratch off all the way down to the bottom, what would be the direction that God had for your life? Man, I love this, uh, this word division. It means two visions, division, two visions. Uh, when you talk about what, what is division, it basically means there's two separate visions. If, if me and Diana have a, two solutions to the same problem, we have a division. In leadership, we say two visions is division. If there's multiple visions, you have a division because all of a sudden we might have two good solutions, but we're pulling the opposite directions. I think oftentimes uh, we, we exchange good things for God things in our relationship. Uh, we can put our career over here, and, and then she runs her career over here. We're running opposite directions. We might have two ways of raising the kids. Uh, we have two ways of, of handling our finances. That would never happen in a relationship. Uh, we might have two ways of communicating. Uh, we might have all these different ways unified on what we're trying to accomplish. And so don't exchange a good thing for a God thing. If you have two visions, you are divided, and that's what Satan wants to do. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there's no vision, the people perish. And that's a pretty, pretty loose application to your marriage. But if you're not together in your vision, you're going to suffer in your marriage. I mean, why did you get married? Why are you married? Why should you get married? I believe it's only because you two serve God together better than apart. I mean, what, what, is, what is this day that your marriage is all about? For you personally, like what if you were to boil it down, what would you say it's all about? If you had to answer that question, what would you tell yourself? The bottom end of the day, is it about money? Is it about success? Is it about career? It's just, we've always just done this. Uh, we, we root for the same sports team. Come on, somebody. You know? I mean, what, what is it? You know, like, what, what's the, the foundation of your marriage? I'm going to challenge you this morning. It's, it's just a tragedy to see people that are married that live together but aren't unified. It's just a tragedy. I see it all the time. It's personal for me. I've seen it in my whole life and families. I see it as a pastor of the church. You see it all around you. You've seen your family. People live together. They coexist. They share a bed. They share their finances, uh, but they're not unified in what God has called them to do. And today, I think you're going to leave here today. You're going to need to have a goal of what God has called you to do. Be mission-driven in your relationship. I think about some of the favorite couples in the Bible. You obviously think of Ab and Eve, or uh, you, you think of uh, Ruth and, and Boaz, or, or maybe you think of uh, Jacob and Rachel. Uh, maybe it's uh, uh, Mary and Joseph. It could be Solomon, one of his 700 wives. Come on, somebody. You don't know sure which one it would be or his 300 concubines. Who knows that's complicated, right? It's a little complicated. I mean, can you imagine 700 weddings? Can you imagine trying to fold the laundry of 700 women? I don't know about you. If you want to get dying unglued, you fold those towels over and over. But if, you, if she wants them folded and then like a trifold, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> All the women said amen. <laughs> that's how it is. They fit better in the cabinet. So true. So true. That's, that's, just, that's how it works in my family. So, you know, she unfolds the towels if I do that, and she gives me that little eye, like, dude, don't you ever do that again. So, but I don't know what your favorite couple is in the Bible, um, but my favorite couple um, is mentioned only six times in the Bible. Uh, what's cool about them is when one is mentioned, the other is always mentioned. So if he's mentioned, she's mentioned, and vice versa. And uh, this couple may well a mission driven for Christ. You might know them in the New Testament. It's Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, I think what made them strong is that they were total mission driven. They were sold out for Jesus. They knew why they were together for his cause. It's found in Romans 16. It says this. This is Paul talking. I love it. He says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ. In fact, they, not just one of them, but both of them, once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. That's a big statement. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. What do we know about this couple? Man, they were supporters of Paul. 
They risked their life for Paul. They lived on mission. Matter of fact, they had a life group. Come on, somebody. It met in their house. I mean, they, they, were, they were ministering to people, creating disciples. They were unified together. And so I want to encourage you this morning that God has something significant for your life. I mean, if you can't name like what God's calling you to do, I think today you've got to figure out what it is. I think God has something significant for your marriage. He, he puts you together with your spouse, not in competition. Come on, somebody. He puts you there in completion so you can do something that only you guys can do together. Amen? And we're going to talk about what that looks like here in a minute. Now, if you're single this morning, you're like, dude, I hate this message. <laughs> I hate this message. Like, how does this even apply to me? And I want to encourage you, um, if you want to be a, a, a God-honoring um, mission-driven lifestyle when you get married. You need to start being a God-honoring, mission-driven lifestyle today. Amen? Uh, you're not going to wait for somebody to complete your life. That person already came. His name is Jesus. A single is a whole number. Jesus has completed. You can serve him fully today. I don't think your greatest calling in life is to get married. I think your greatest calling in life is to honor God with your life. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to take a step towards Jesus. Don't wait for your future uh, to start living for Jesus today. If you're in college and you're on the party scene and you're doing your thing, you're, you're wanting your own direction, you're just kind of waiting for, for life to come up and catch you before you're going to grow and really plug in the church and, and really pursue God, I'm telling you, you're making a huge mistake. So many people walk out of church when they're 18 or they're young and they're college and they, they just do them. They do their thing. And I mean, I think you're just missing out on a great opportunity for what God wants you to do. I meet so many people, they're just looking for just that right person, you know, Mr. Right. If I just had that guy, if, the, if that person would just like me, if that person would just pay attention to me, I mean, I just have that. And guys, I encourage you, it's just a real simple thought, but I can encourage you with this. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the person that you're looking for is looking for. If you're trying to find a godly guy and you're out on the party scene, you're doing your thing, you're not loving God, pursuing him, putting him first in your life and, and, and serving him, and you're like, man, that, but that guy just doesn't like me. It's like, man, be the person you're looking for is looking for. Be the, be the person that godly guy is looking for. I promise you, he's looking at, he's looking at the sorority party, okay? He's not, he's not, he's not looking at, at that kind of lifestyle. And if you're a guy and you're looking for a godly girl, come on, somebody. You better be a godly guy, amen? That girl's not looking maybe where you're hanging out. And so you got to be who, who, who the person you're looking for is looking for. So they start honoring God, man, taking a step towards Jesus. Man, just walk with him. I love this illustration that Carl Lentz uh, has once done. Uh, he's a preacher out in uh, Hillsong. But, man, he talks about when you're single, you, you guys are getting the, the flow of traffic. And then when you're single, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start pursuing Jesus. You're going to start following him. You're going to start walking with him, start praying with him. And, you know, instead of looking around going, man, who can I hang out with? Who can I date? Don't worry about dating. God's going to bring the right person next to you in your lane. So just start following Jesus. I'll encourage you to put your head down. Can you guys put your head down? Just put your head down. Just work. Just follow Jesus. Just follow him. Push, push, push. Now put your head up. Now look around. Who's, who's still with you? Who's pursuing Jesus? Man, who's working with Jesus? Okay, there's some people over there. Now put your head back down. Keep working. Give it six months. Keep following Jesus. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep pursuing him. And yeah, I know you're single. That's not fun, right? <clears throat> but keep pursuing God. <clears throat> Man, get, <clears throat> get over that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just telling you, keep pursuing Jesus. Now look up again. Look around and be like, who's that? Yeah, that girl's still following Jesus. That's pretty cool. Man, traffic's getting awfully thin. I've been following Jesus for about a year. I'm not seeing a lot of people left here. But you know what? I bet God's going to bring somebody. Put your head down and keep going. Just keep going, keep going. All of a sudden you look up and you're going to see this person that's been there the whole time. You're going to say, it's time to merge over a little bit. Everybody merge over a little bit. Just scoot it a little tighter. Sit in a different chair at church. Start serving with them. If somebody else is pursuing them, cut off the traffic. You know what I'm talking about. Get out of here, boy. I did that. I told her boyfriend at the time, you just need to dump her, baby. Get rid of You don't want her. And then, yeah, see you later, boy. You know, just squeeze in there. And God's going to bring, pretty soon you're going to look out and you're going to go, you know what? We can do more together than we can apart from the cause of Christ. Because guess what? You're on a mission already. Amen. You're following him already. Don't wait until you want to have that perfect girl and all of a sudden your lifestyle and your heart are way far from where God wants you to be. And so if you're married, what's your mission look like? 
I would encourage you, man, when you eat the tree of the knowledge of fruit or the good and evil, can I encourage you that sometimes that we exchange good things instead of God things? Like we can do good things. Like we can live our life uh, like through our kids. We can live that vicarious lifestyle. And that's a really good thing. Amen. I think it's good that you're there for your kids and you care for your kids and you love your kids. And it's so easy to do to make your whole life around your kids. But I want to encourage you this morning, do something better. Do a God thing. It's easy to sell for a good thing. Uh, some of us sell for career paths. We sell for money. Uh, we, we sometimes settle to work at church. Sometimes we marry the church. I've been around so many people that have sacrificed their marriage and alter a church. I've met so many people that, that, that put all their time and energy into the next person. I've seen young life people do it. I've seen church people do it. And they sell it to something secondary to Jesus. I'm going to encourage you this morning. Can we build our life on Jesus? Amen. It's not sports. It's not the boat. It's not, it's not all this fun stuff we like. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just build it on Jesus. What's the foundation of your relationship today? Now, I encourage you guys to put your mission together as a couple. And there's two things I believe that you'll find out when you leave here today that's going to help unite your relationship. And there's two things. First thing is this. You have a common enemy. What is it that, you makes you, that you righteously hate together? What is it that makes your hair stand up and you just can't stand it? And one, another thing is you have a common mission. What is it that you love together? What's a righteous love that you know is from God? Just ask yourself the question, what do, you, what do you love from God? What do you look at and say, man, God is all over that? Like, I'll give you a part of that story. Like, when I was uh, growing up, I said, man, I'll give you a part of the church. Like, I know God's all over this, man. It's, the, the, there's the, there it is. There, man, the Spirit has shown up. I love it. But God, God is all over it. I knew God was all over seeing people saved. I was like, man, I get part of that story. I don't know what it is, but I get part. Maybe, maybe it's a church. Maybe it's something that's happened in the community. Maybe it's an organization that's making a difference. Like, man, I got to be part of putting wells in across the world. I got to see people come out of poverty. Man, we can't stand with people living homeless in the streets. Maybe there's people that you see are human trafficking, and you're like, man, I got to play a part of that story. Maybe there's a righteous hatred in your life. I mean, it makes your hair stand up. I mean, you see some injustice, and you're like, not on my watch. No, 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 not in my generation. That's not going to happen. Together, God has called us to make a difference. We don't just exist for a paycheck. We don't exist so we can have a nice home and our, our kids can go to nice schools. No, we exist on the mission of God to make a difference in the things that break the heart of God and make God smile. What is that in your life? Have that conversation with your spouse. What is on your heart together? This is a place you can join up. I Man, I think for some of you guys just love hospitality. I Man, some of you guys have the gift of just caring for people. There's just something deep inside of you when somebody's struggling, uh, somebody needs a meal, uh, somebody has a baby. Uh, man, you're, you're, on, you're on it. You're, you're getting together. You invite them over. You bring them food. You care for them. Who knows? That's a good thing, right? Who's been on receiving and some hospitality? Man, I'm just telling you, that makes a difference in people's lives. Maybe for you, hate it when people feel alone. Maybe you hate it. Maybe that's why you're on the hospitality team and you, you greet people and they come in the church because you can't stand that people come in and they, they're depressed and they're suicidal and they're, they're struggling and nobody, maybe never got a hug this week. Maybe no one's told them they love them. Maybe they didn't have a conversation uh, that was positive this week. And you're like, man, I need to, I've been there, but I need to make a part of this because I, I hate to see people walking through life. Man, just focus on what the devil has for them. So I'm going to greet people. Maybe you hate being in debt. Maybe you struggled week in and week out and you, you put all this money out and you put all the credit cards and somehow, man, God brought you all through that. Today you have a passion to reach people. Today you have a passion to show people how to, how to have godly finances. And so you run Financial Peace University or you just mentor people on the side. You give people great wisdom and advice. Maybe you just love kids. You just love kids. It's just your heartbeat. Like, man, you, you can't stand to see these kids struggle. And so maybe you're a foster parent. Uh, maybe you serve in the kids' ministry. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but there's a mission that God has called you to be on today. He didn't put you together just to be happy, amen? He didn't put you together to be happy. That's not the mission of God. The mission of God is His purpose and at His heart. I think some couples in our church that live on mission. There's a couple in this church that have a heart for students, heart for teenagers. Matter of fact, they serve all morning here. Uh, they set up, uh, they, they serve all morning. Then, then they go home, hang out with their kids. There's a lot of them. And then, and then they go and they load their car full of a bunch of youth equipment because I've done this for a long time. 
And then they drive to a house that's not theirs. They set it all up just to hang out with you teenagers because they love you and know God has a purpose for you and a plan for your life. And they, they minister to you and they see people changed and saved and challenged and loved and cared for. And then they tear it all down. They clean it all up, pack it back in the car, drive their house, unpack it and unload it after a 16-hour day because they are called to make a difference in the lives of teenagers. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is Carrie and Josh couple. Give it up for Carrie and Josh. This is a couple on mission. They're doing it. And they're up here with teenagers on Sunday morning. Man, I also encourage you. I'm going to make a little plug here. Uh, we, we don't need people to babysit in our church. We need people who are called to make a difference in the lives of people. I'm going to tell you something. Youth ministry could use some help. Amen? I know Carrie's going to say amen. 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 They're, they're, they're carrying this weight, man. And God has called them. Can I encourage you if you want to be a part of something that's mission-driven, that's changing lives? I mean, they run 30 teenagers. I'm telling you, God is all over this. And they're looking for a, a couple, a person that's willing to say, I'm, I'm all in. I just love kids. I love God. The only criteria is you love kids. Amen? You come in, you're just going to be like, I just need a caring adult. A caring adult is going to show up and be a part of the lives who's called by God, not to babysit, no, to make a difference in the mission of God. Man, I think of a couple in our church that has a heart for helping people. Man, the hardest season is people walking through, through losses in their family. Uh, people are in the hospital, people are sick, people are discouraged, people are depressed. I mean, there's, there's probably three or four times a week I contact these people with the need to meet, to serve others, and make a difference. You might know Barry and Christy Hardy doing this every single week. Give up for Barry Christy, leading the way. Amazing team around them. These, these guys do an incredible job. They're caring for people. It's just a couple serving Christ together. It's bigger than themselves. I promise you, you can't pull that out of their hands. I mean, you're not going to stop them from loving people and showing up and caring for you. It's just not going to happen. It's who they are. I mean, I love this couple. They, they walk hand in hand with people in their most difficult situations uh, through a divorce, uh, I mean, through the pain of loss, I mean, long-term addiction. Uh, people that, when they say they're praying for you, you know what, you're just going to shower in prayer. Come on, somebody. They're kind of people that you look up to and they, they just have the heart of gold and generosity. Man, they don't, oh, they don't talk it. They walk it. Uh, this is the real deal. And the, now I want you to give it up for Victor and Vicky Gorgachea. This is the couple that does this. If you've been on the receiving end, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're walking a hard season, I promise you, I'll connect you with them. Uh, man, just an incredible heart for God, a heart for people. Man, I think about uh, people that uh, have a heart for people that are food insecure, people struggling uh, to get a meal, people that serve every single week. They prep, they buy the food, they prep the food, they serve the food, they clean up the food. They do this every single Wednesday night, 52 Wednesdays a year. Uh, hell or high water, can I say that? Snow, rain, ice, cold, blizzard, it doesn't matter. They go out there and they serve people in our community. Uh, they do it every single Wednesday night. Man, it's Jill and Chuck Smith. Come on, give it up for them. They found a mission. Just a heartbeat of God, they just can't stand it. People are living in the woods, and people have kids that go hungry, and so they're going to make a difference. They're just, they're just doing this. I mean, just the heart of God to serve together. We got people in the church that are great business leaders. I mean, they, they, they sit on boards, they're CEOs, they're, they're partners, they, they, they're successful and stuff, and they have a heart of generosity. Those are the kind of people that are going to, they, they say, hey, how can we make a difference? Not just here in the church, but here in the community. I'm telling you, these movers and shakers, I'm not going to tell you who they are, all right? I don't embarrass them, but I'm just telling you, there's people that have the, all these different gifts. Why did God put you together? Like, why are you even married? What's the point? What does God want you to accomplish? Man, I told you earlier, this might be a tough message, isn't it? Like, give me a 30-second prayer. This is going to be at the heartbeat of God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not telling you to start a 51C3 together, okay? I'm not telling you to go out there and, like, do some crazy thing. I'm not saying unity isn't being the same, okay? Unity is just doing it together. Just doing it together. Just doing it together. I tell you, this made the biggest difference for my marriage. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the mission-driven of our family, I don't know where we'd be at. Uh, actually, matter of fact, it started in high school. We went in for Jesus. We were serving. We were serving a band together. We were both leaders in the band. Come on, band nerds, unite! Come on now. Um, but two years, man. We were drum majors in high school. That's how we met. 
uh, we went off to, uh, we went, we were going to church together. We began to serve Jesus together. Uh, we weren't dating or anything, but we served in the church orchestra. Come on, somebody. Um, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Go church orchestra, baby. We, we can put them right here. <laughs> you get to have your duty stage, right? Uh, but Diane played the oboe, but she played all sorts of stuff. So at church, there was a saxophone. I played the saxophone. And so we just served in the orchestra together. I told you, man, you get in that highway, you just put your head down and start serving Jesus, and God's going to bring somebody next to you, didn't I? I went to college, and we, we came back to them. We didn't go to the same colleges, but we'd intern at our home church together. Every summer, we interned, um, and we, we'd spend time in different ministries, learn from different leaders, and we run side by side in our lanes. Uh, I remember she was off at Seaville University. She was 600 miles away from where I went to college. And I knew I, knew I had the right girl, okay? When, when I knew she, she would drive 40 minutes from her college to go to work. She was CNA. Um, and then she'd, she'd be in a nursing home and she'd take care of everything CNA does, which is not fun. It's a hard work. And she worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So she'd drive there on Saturday. She worked more than that. But that Saturday night, she'd drive 7 to 7. And then she'd drive to church, which was still 40 minutes away from her school. She'd drive in the parking lot. And she would lock the door and she would take about an hour to hour and a half nap in the parking lot so she'd go to church. And then she'd go to big church and she'd serve in the WANA program for Sunday school. And then she'd drive home and be at the dorm about one or two o'clock the next day after about a 24 hour day. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you, I knew she had love for Jesus by seeing that. I mean, she didn't, she loved Jesus more than she loves me. I'll tell you that much. And she just does that. And I knew I had the right lady. So I was like, I got to move in. You know, like, I got to capitalize on this. Like, we got to put a ring on that finger. You know, like, like, there's, like who does that? Who does that? You say, well, I don't have the right person. No, no, be the right person. Do what God's called you to do. Move in. We, we started uh, serving together. We figured we could do more together than apart. And so we got married in 2007. Uh, we went on honeymoon in Jamaica. Come on. The next day we got home, we went to youth camp. <laughs> Drove the bus to Searville, Ohio with, uh, with, with about 40 kids. Um, led the first youth camp right after the honeymoon. And for the next 10 years, we served youth ministry together side by side. I always call her my muse because uh, I don't feel like I could really do life without her. Uh, I'll write a message, and she looks over my message, and she tells me, that, that was terrible. No, I was kidding. <laughs> no, she's always an encouragement. And I, honestly, so, uh, most of the stuff I write, she comes up with, you know? Uh, she gives me the thoughts and inspiration, uh, every leadership decision, uh, the heartbeat for this church, the vision of this church. Man, she's, she's a part of this. Yeah, she's part of this. It's not just me. It's just her. And so I'm telling you, she's a part of everything we do. We launched this church together. It was in her heart. It was in her heart before it was in my heart. Amen? I tell you, God always speaks to the woman first. Amen? Always does. I mean, we're, us men are stubborn. Come on, somebody. I mean, God, God's like wrote the sign out. It's like, you need to do this. You're like, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't really see it. And uh, <clears throat> man, she has had a heart for this church. And I said, man, we got, we got to do this. And <clears throat> her faith was far beyond mine. And so all over it. Uh, and so I follow her heart. She has a heart to, to launch a dream center uh, here in South Kansas City. If you don't know what that is, it's a basically a, a center that takes care of homeless people, uh, takes care of human trafficking, has all sorts of programs. It's, it could be absolutely huge. Obviously, it's, it's a big vision. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not on my heart, but it's on your heart. So it's on my heart. Amen. And so we're going to do some stuff. So we're going to start a little, a little uh, adopt-a-block program this year. Just like I'm talking like the smallest seed of the beginning of what a dream center could ever look like. But it's in your heart to do this. And so I say, God, if it's in your heart, if you're calling us to do it, man, I tell you something, don't settle for anything less than the call of God in your life. I mean, when your wife says, hey, this is going on, can you just be the kind of person that says, hey, what's God teaching you? What's God showing you? What's, what's on your heart? Man, we got to partner together and do this. Man, don't settle for anything less. Don't settle just to coexist. Man, don't, don't, don't settle just to have sex together. I mean, don't settle just to watch Netflix together. Don't, don't settle just to have a favorite sports team or somebody to go on vacation with. Like, don't settle for just the average, normal American life. 
Can you have a mission together? Can you serve in hospitality? Can you make a difference? Can you be generous? Can you partner up like these couples and say, man, God's all over this, man. This is where God's at. Or man, I hate that. I got to change this in my generation. And us, we're going to do this together. We're going to make a difference. I want to encourage you uh, with this thought. When the, the difference between the word united and the word untied is only one letter. And it's where you put the letter I. It's where you put the letter I. And I realized in my life when I was in the right spot, when I was about myself, when I was pursuing my own thing apart from her, when I made it about me, myself, and I, all of a sudden our, our marriage is getting a little untied. All of a sudden it's just about me. And it's not about us. And our marriages begin to slip away and begin to fall apart. But when, when the I is in the right place, when I was doing the right thing, when I was pursuing God, when I was listening to her heart, when I was encouraging her, when I was being the leader God called me to be, when I was stepping out in faith, all of a sudden our marriage was united. Amen? And I encourage you, are you in the right spot today? Are you mission driven? You know, normally I'm going to give you like a big emotional ending. I'm going to give you some passion at the end. But I'm going to let you guys write the end of this message. And then I'm going to let you guys write the end of this message with how you live out your marriage. How is your marriage going to end 50 years from now, 30 years from now? What's it going to be like? The ending is 100% up to you. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray you just change hearts today. God, I know that you're in this. God, you want our marriage to be unified. God, Satan is all he can to separate us. God, today we're going to come together. We're going to be mission driven together. God, use us in incredible ways to see the world change, God. We're only mission-driven for you. May you reflect in prayer. If you're married, may your desires to make your marriage united today. You put the eye in the right spot. Maybe you've been untied. Maybe it's been selfish. Maybe it's been a hard season. Maybe you've been floating through the motions. But today, you want to be intentionally put the eye back in the right spot. If that's you, you'll be united together today. You want to agree together. If that's you, and live on mission. May you put your hand in the air today. Say, I'm going to agree on mission. I'll live on mission today. May that's you. I see hands across the room. Father, we come before you. God, I ask you to just use this. God, that we mission-driven. God, we put you the center of our relationships. God, we follow you together. God, help us connect in deeper ways. God, help us to listen to each other. God, pray us to heal our marriage. God, we live on mission. We'll be great servants for you. We outserve each other. God, we know we can do better together than apart. And so, God, we're asking for your call and your vision for our life. Give us a vision if we don't have one. God, just stir in us a passion to serve you, not just in the church, but around the community and in the world. God, we know that we can make a bigger difference together than apart. May we keep praying. Some of you are going to leave here forever changed today by Jesus. Man, some of you guys came today looking for hope, looking for healing, looking for a new beginning in your relationships. And today you realize you can't have an earthly relationship right unless you got your heavenly relationship right. Today you see a need to be mission-driven with God. You've never lived that way before. I got good news for you. You got good news. Jesus came to set you free to live on mission for him. You don't you are the variable and you can come to God today because God came to us in the form of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's sent by the Father. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for our sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The Bible says that whosoever will call the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you need a relationship with Jesus today, I want to tell you, you can have that relationship. You can live here today in perfect fellowship with your Father. You don't have to clean up your mess. You don't have to make that relationship right. No, Jesus already made it right for you. You've made wrongs. That's okay because God forgave you. He wants to set you free this morning. I would encourage you, if you want to follow him today, if you want new life and forgiveness, I would encourage you to call out to him. And if you want to do that this morning, we just lift your hand up and say, I want Jesus in my life today. And I'll make him first. I see your hand, young lady. Anybody else say, I need Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. Anybody else say, I want to make him first priority. I want that relationship to work so everything else in my life will work. And if that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much. God, for sending your son, Jesus. I made this life about me, but today I want to make it about you. God, thank you for what you did, that I can know you and follow you and live for you. God, I pray that, um, that I live for you every day. God, you can have my life. I'm pursuing you. I don't know what else is going on around me, but today I'm pursuing you. Thank you for down across for me. God, thank you for your new life. You can have mine. I'll serve you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it for those who came to Christ today.